Are we starting? Do you know what I'm doing? You want, you want to put up put up the uh, the audio? This is what I was in here doing while the open was hitting. <laughs> I'm watching WWE clips. Is what I'm in here doing. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in Chris's childhood history took place. Well, I guess. Holy cow, that was in 92. I guess it really wasn't my childhood. But one of my favorite moments in wrestling history, I don't think that was 92. Ah, But they claim 30 years ago today, on Wednesday, January 12th, year of our Lord, 1992, Shawn Michaels threw Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window, ending the Rockers. One of the greatest WWF moments ever. And you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? What a moment. The greatest part of it was Bobby the Brain. He goes, look at Jeanette diving through the window, trying to run away. Welcome into the show. Sorry about that. I've been here for a minute in case you can't tell. Drop-off went smooth. The line in Washington was fluid. So I got here a little bit early. And I've been going over notes. I was listening to T-Row and, and, and TJ. I'm ready for the show today, Josh. A, as we sit here at 9.05 a.m., relatively guest-free show. There's a couple of things that could fall out. You're going to hear from a lot of people today. I talked last night with Dari Noka. I'm going to share a little bit of his thoughts on conference. I'm, I keep saying conference expansion. I want to make this just clear for everyone. My mind, every time we talk expansion and talk playoff expansion – is stuck in wanting to say conference expansion for some reason. So I'm just – you'll have to call me out on it like a thousand times, Josh, because I do think it becomes the major story for those of us who live, eat, and breathe college football for the better part of, what, the next couple of months, right? Especially since no one can come to an agreement on anything. Probably for the next couple of years. Did you get to I, – I dove in last night, but I'm still – the Pac-12 puts out that statement, and I'm still a little bit perplexed, and it's, does the SEC want automatic qualifiers or not? I mean, my understanding had always been that the SEC is fine with having five automatic qualifiers if we expand to 12, and there's no cap, and when I say no cap, I don't mean no lie. See, I'm hip. Uh, there's no cap on the number of teams from any conference that could get in. And, I mean, that matters a lot to the SEC because if you just look at the final AP rankings, which came out yesterday, I mean, even though I think the one thing that we have learned, Josh Helmer, is maybe it is time to go ahead and start ignoring the preseason rankings seeing that 52 or I'm sorry 54 to 56% of the teams that started the season ranked were unranked but I mean you would get Georgia Bama in you would have Ole Miss likely in um Oklahoma would have been knocking on the door of of a 12 team playoff considering that and and this was a down year for the SEC you go back to this was a down year, and they had two teams playing for the national championship. You go back to 
2020, not even the final rankings, you look at week 16, just thinking if it was 12, you would have had a Florida, a Georgia knocking on the door with Alabama in. I mean, you 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 easily could have four teams as four to five teams as part of a 12 team playoff ranking potentially knocking on the door every single year. So again, we're going to play Greg Sankey. I talked to Dario last night, kind of got his perspective on it. But I don't I guess my question is why why are conferences like the ACC or and in this new alliance are they throwing up roadblocks for the simple fact that they want to take this out to market and see what other TV networks might be willing to offer them? Is it? Are they worried about ESPN? Is it a trust issue? I mean, what what is it that's holding this up? Because I try not to read too much into ratings anymore, but the ratings are telling the story that you need to do something with this. And it's not, oh, same old, same old. Well, okay, Alabama's been in championship games that have been much higher rated than last night. So I don't think people are, I don't think it's SEC fatigue. I think a majority of the people that you're trying to drag into this could care less. I use it it right. Could care less about what conferences are represented in a title game. We say that as people that live it 24-7, 365. But I think the people you're trying to lure in to, to watch this and make it a rating that competes with the NFL, they don't care that it's two SEC teams or uh, that the Pac-12 didn't have a team in the playoff or the Big 12. They don't care. They just want to see a good game. They want to see the two best teams go at it. Well, and the network that the game's broadcast on isn't going to change which two teams are in the national championship game. So, Ultimately, it comes down to how well can these teams recruit? And who can go win big games to get in the college football playoff national championship game? The fact that it's on ESPN is not why Alabama and Georgia played in the national championship game. Ugh. Cincinnati got in this year. Yeah. The first time a group of five team got in. They got their chance. Michigan got in this year. First time we've seen Michigan in the college football playoff. You got to win when you get the opportunity. I just – and I don't – I, hey, we got college basketball to recap. It was a great night. I got sucked into college basketball last night. I got called in to do a show, so I, um, I was I wasn't able to pay attention as close early as I wanted to, and I found out again last night that I don't have the Longhorn Network. So it was it was kind of a nice way to find out. Oh, well, I'll be among those illegally streaming this bad boy for the second. But I listened to Toby and Kevin. It was great. Yeah, I I know Josh. Knowing we have hoops to get to, knowing we're going to spend a lot of this show on college basketball today, I think we need to maybe, you know, we have our daily update here on the top on the Caleb Williams transfer news. I think we almost are going to have to carve out a daily segment for where we are with conference expansion because everyone seems to be saying they want the same thing, but then when it comes time to sit down at the table, it, it seems like everything changes. And they have to vote unanimously. Right. For for this to change. Right? Isn't yeah. that the no. situation we're in? And, and okay, so quick, quick little sidebar on this, and, and then we'll move on, and, and we'll get to Caleb. I, I worked with Roddy Jones last night. Roddy works in the ACC network. Roddy's take was, I think if it came down to it, because they haven't put anything to a vote yet. There has not been one vote on this. He said, I think they put it down to a vote. It would actually pass with a 12-team playoff. 
He goes, because I think that you would get every side to come to the agreement. Okay. And you and I have always, well, at least I've been, I, I'm not trying to suck you in on this, but I think you agreed with me that as much as they're like, I want to get NBC involved, we should let bid this to CBS. I think ESPN and ABC would make a godfather offer that would be hard to refuse. I really do. And, you know, the the funny thing is, if you do you really want to get in the weeds in this, I don't know how long Disney is going to own ESPN. And there seems to be some pretty consistent buzz that an Apple might be in the mix to say, oh, we'll buy ESPN. Or, or an Amazon. So we'll, we'll put them on our platform. And so that kind of changes everything, too, because, all right, well, are they still going to, I mean, they're going to have money regardless. It's going to be, you know, Bezos money or Apple money or Walt Disney money. But does that then become, you know, is, is ABC and ESPN still a thing or is it just an ESPN streaming entity? So I, I don't, I don't know, Josh. I don't know what that future looks like if you really want to get in the weeds because John, um, Oh, gosh. Got to look at my podcast. John Oran from uh, Sports Business Journal has been long projecting that he thinks that ES, ESPN is, is going to be spun by Disney. So would they still be in a position to make that godfather-type offer? I would assume so. But there's also – there's been a lot of money infused into Amazon and to Turner. Do they want to get in the college football world? So my point is, if the whole idea is – we, we need to take this to market. This doesn't need to be a, a one-network entity. Is there a chance, Josh, that it ends up, you know, they they play themselves out of it, right? You could backfire on yourselves sure. a little bit. If you have a good offer on the table and you want to take this thing to market and then the market changes, you've cost yourself millions of dollars. No. And yeah, you know, I was I was texting with Pop on wrestling things, and he brings up a great point. The habits change so much too, right? It's like I'm watching, I'm watching the Sunday night football game on an app, right? I mean, I don't have Directv in one area, and I'm watching on an app. And you also have people that watch, and and these are all allegedly calculated. All these are taken into consideration in overall numbers, but. You know, it's, it's kind of wild to think about how TV viewership in general has changed. And I'll give Bob Bowlesby some credit on this because, you know, when everyone's like, you need a Big 12 network, and blah, blah. Well, technically they do. It's just different. right? The Big 12 has a network. It's just not a channel that you turn to, which is, what what'd you say, Pop? The Longhorn Network is like a DVD player now. It's like you turn around and say, like, oh, look, here's the here's that one win they've had over Oklahoma in the last decade. I'll watch this game. There's not even live shows on it. It's just we're able to say we got a network, and every so often we're going to put a game on there, and people are going to find out they don't have it. Big 12 has one. It's just you can go and click on it. Like, oh, Big 12, ESPN+, Plus, boom, I got this, this, and this. It's just different. So, yeah, it's a subscri- subscription network. Subscription network, yeah. Which, by the way, you need a subscription to get the ACC network. Pac-12 network. Pac-12. I don't even know how you get the Pac-12 network anymore. It's been a financial disaster. And you need a uh, subscription to get the Big Ten network. They all are. So, I, I, I mean, I just think it's fascinating that this comes down to a conversation and wanting to take it, I think, to open market. And a lack of trust in, you know, they put this alliance together, right? And we all joked about it. Well, 
if if you're an alliance in the Pac-12, ACC, and the Big Ten, then why the hell is the Pac-12 throwing out a separate statement from the three of you if you're in this together? Why wouldn't it be, here's how the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC feel about this, if you're truly an alliance? If you have suddenly the Pac-12 that's like, well, here's how we feel and here's what we want. That would make a lot of sense. Josh, we're an alliance. You and I are. Right? I'm, I'm an alliance. But let me tell you how I feel about it. You know, it's just it – like, what are we doing, Pac-12? Well, and remember, we were sold, too, that the alliance was not just some – reaction to Oklahoma right. and Texas going to the SEC or, or expansion in the sport. It was more big-picture items in the sport, such as the college football playoff <laughs> college football and playoff what's expansion. going to happen with the college football playoff. So, yeah, no, that is curious that they're not on the same page there. <sighs> All right, I just uh, threw up if you missed – wait, hold on. I just posted – and throw up. I just posted the post-game show from last night on the Sooner Radio Network, if you haven't had a chance to hear the reaction to the tough loss to Texas for Oklahoma. It's available right now at Soonersports.com slash podcast. We've got a big night in college basketball to recap in the Big 12. I think every undefeated team finished last night, and Kansas gets that little fog Allen Fieldhouse break. Well, that was a horrible missed goaltending call late in that game. But number one goes down. Um, West West Virginia continues to kind of flex its muscle. Kansas holds serve at home in, in its home court. And Texas kind of put one on Oklahoma last night, I think is is a fair way to put it. 66-52. But we'll recap it all coming up next. Plus, we spent the last couple of days joking about how the national media really seemed to be trying to usher Joe Judge out of New York. Guess what? It worked. Joe Judge is out as the head coach of the New York Giants. Who could be next? And it looks like after our conversation with Aaron Lemming yesterday, a lot of really smart people interviewing for the Bears head coach for the GM job. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. Can I just give everyone a little piece of advice to keep your sanity don't get too caught up in fact don't get caught up at all in any of the way too early top 25s I mean we had a preseason top 25 poll that was released in August that had what a final four participant not even ranked a 14 playoff I guess I should say that had 56% of it that finished the season unranked so, I, for instance, I've got on threes up, and I've become somewhat of a fan of on three. Not huge yet. I know they fired a bunch of really smart people, but they've got USC at number five in their preseason top 25. And while that's awesome and all for – it shows you the power of a of – a, coach in a lot of ways and it's just it's a four and eight football team now if Caleb goes there do they have an upgraded quarterback maybe their offensive line still stinks so I mean we'll see but yeah don't get don't get too caught up in any of these Stuart Mandel yesterday I mean just don't it's what and some of these dudes are sensitive sallies I mean, they really are because they expect you to just say, well, since he said so, I guess that's the case. 
I think Stewart's one of them. But they also they also get kind of the whole point of this is to get people to log on and not I like it. it's like ah, to generate some debate about it. No, no, no. You don't want to generate debate about it. You want to see people fighting and clicking and sharing it. So it's just my message to you stays consistent. You don't have to reply or respond to everything on the internet. It's okay to sit a few out. I know that's I know that's hard, but it's okay to say, yeah, listen, this West Coast FB Twitter feed that has USC number one in its way too early preseason. I don't have to reply Tebow to that. You know, I it's okay. It's fuller. You're you're doing more service to that by the hardest thing to do, I think, is to ignore something. Because it's that's what everyone wants. They want you to reply to it. They want you to respond to them. Just don't reply. You pulled up the preseason top 25. Reminds me of my favorite Steve Spurrier quote. 5-11. and 11. Not good. Not good. Some doozies in this top 25, Josh. Well, I mean, Oklahoma number two doesn't really help out too terribly much, right? What's the most egregious mistake? Is it North Carolina at number 10? Is it's, it Florida it, at 13? Yeah, those are good ones. Iowa State at 7. USC at 15? Yeah, Iowa State at 7. I mean, have, have y'all taken a moment to realize that the dream season for Iowa State, the season that everyone counted down and talked about for a year, this is it. This is the game. The biggest game ever, Iowa State versus Iowa. Uh, Iowa State finished the year at 7-6. and 7-6. Six. Seven and six. They still have not had a 10-win season in the history of, of Iowa State football. I don't, Arizona State's pretty egregious. I saw them down. Indiana at 17, preseason number 17. I think that's the only time that Indiana showed up in the rankings after they finished 2-10 and 10 this year. Yes, that is a safe assumption. How about Washington at 20 in the preseason rankings? Not good, right? Washington at 20 in the preseason rankings, a team that finished 4-8. Four and eight as well for their 15th ranked team in USC. Don't. We were bad enough at it. When did that come out, Josh? And that, well, that was after even week one, too. Uh, bad enough at it whenever it came out in August. Don't get too caught up in January. Welcome to my TED Talk right here on the ref. Yeah, no, this, this is the preseason poll right here. Oh, okay, it is. Go down and see where Baylor was in receiving votes, or Oklahoma State even for that matter. Oklahoma State was the first team out, and I don't think Baylor was in the receiving votes category. Yeah, Baylor doesn't even receive votes. Michigan receives just 12 votes. Ole Miss, by the way, was 27th, only a few notches ahead of TCU and Liberty, for goodness sakes. So, Houston only had five votes in the preseason top 25. And end of the year is, what, a top 10, top 15 team? Now, don't. It's a, just listen to us. That's all you have to do. Our one on the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. That's 405-735-1167. Their perfection is your protection. Mark and Tessa are awesome, and they'll take care of you. All right, do we have an update? As of 928 on this 
Wednesday morning. Do we have an update? Anything on the Caleb Williams kid? On the Williams kid? I think where we left yesterday, that it's basically it sounds like down to UCLA and USC. We we know this. Mario Williams was visiting Texas, or it, is set to visit Texas. Um, here's a question I have. What? Oh, you had a coaching change. Breaking news. But what from Mario Williams would he have seen in Texas that would say, I've got to be there as opposed to here? Is it just, is it Caleb Williams potentially being gone? Is it, was there some sort of not meshing with Jeff Lebby or... I assume Caleb or Kale Gundy is going to coach receivers now. I mean, I I don't know. It just it seems very off to me that you would be on a team who had a disappointment of a season at what eleven and two, and then you would look across the field at Texas to a I don't know what 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 did Texas even end up with? Were they a four win football team this year? And say, gosh, I got to be over there. Especially whenever you have Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, and Brendan Thompson already on the field. I mean, you could. Did these guys not take time to watch Jeff Lebby's offense and some of the freedom you get as a wide receiver and the, the amount of time uh, opportunities you're going to get to get the football? That, if, he, if it would have been USC all the way, and it's like Caleb, or excuse me, Mario Williams is looking at. USC he had a great relationship with Dennis Simmons and loved Lincoln right that makes sense to me Texas eh, I don't know Josh that's the seems only a thing off. that would have uh, changed I guess is Quinn Ewers I tell you I fell for a fake Arch Manning account last night I think a lot of people did oh did that get okay I got tweeted into my timeline and I was like whoa and Here it, was, it is. Yeah, and it and it was a pair of eyeballs, and it had the OU football Twitter handle next to it. And I was like, let me let me click on this just to be safe before I start making calls on it. And then I was like, oh, like three hundred followers. Now Oklahoma has offered Arch Manning. Oh, they have. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, dude. That'd be uh, that'd be. I might fanboy out if Peyton's on. Well, maybe more Eli. Than Peyton right now. Peyton and I are already best friends from our conversation we had at the IBA Awards over a decade ago. But yeah, interesting. But I mean, back to the point. Does it make sense to you, Mario Williams? That is. No, I thought that was very surprising. I think he's going to USC with Caleb Williams, right? But I just it didn't seem to to make a lot of sense. I I believe Crimson hits us up and says, you know what? Come on, this is obvious. This is about dollar bills, right? This is about NIL. And maybe it is, but... Yeah, it's got to be. It, it, it's got to be. I mean, wouldn't they be wanting to take care of, like, the Xavier Worthies of the world? The Jordan... I mean... Folks that have, have been there. I don't... I, I think Mario Williams would be electric in Jeff Levy's offense. Electric. I think he'll be electric wherever he goes. But you, know, you got to stay healthy. Got to be 100%. And I'll tell you what, I don't have a problem with OU's receiving core right now, Josh. If Theo Weiss 
can come back healthy, which from all indications it looks like he is, you uh, – listen, I try not to get too carried away on two things, spring ball performances and bowl game performances. But did you get excited about Jalil Farouk whenever you saw him in the Alamo Bowl? I've told this story a lot, but early in the season this year I was out of practice and I had, I was having someone point out Cody Jackson and a few guys to me because I hadn't seen him, Mario Williams, and I noticed Farouk wasn't practicing and I was like, okay, what about this guy? And the dude's like, he's, he's legit. He's the real deal. He's the... Of all of them, he's the stud in the weight room, and he's going to be something else. You're like, ooh, let's go. Now, the worry is that, you know, if Caleb goes somewhere, he's a high school teammate of his, maybe he follows, but he seems to be, again, saying all the right things. But as we sit here at 9.33 on this Wednesday, we're still in wait mode, right? And, and I think most of us are in wait to have the confirmation that he's going to USC. Yes, and it's kind of happened – this week, right? I mean, it's got to be today, tomorrow, Friday. Classes are starting. When do? When's the first official day of classes at USC? Because they have, because uh, um, they have kind of a different schedule. I think. Let's see. Their fall semester began August twenty third. Uh, five more rows. You think it would just be easy enough to just click on it? Thanksgiving holiday class. Study days, exams, spring semester, uh, classes classes are already underway. But you can you, – usually there's that one-week grace period. So they started classes on January 10th at USC. Which so, was, again, he, he's going to need to get enrolled quick, you would think. That's right. When did UCLA – the UCLA thing is so interesting to me with Caleb Williams. I don't it, – it, I mean, I love the uniforms. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, somebody just texted, USC classes started last Monday. Students have until this Friday ah. to enroll at USC, though. <laughs> that's probably flexible oh, I think for that, athletes. Listen, I'm not trying to be that guy. I think we all figured it out. But, you know, they, they're going to – it's not as if they're going to say, I'm sorry, he's missed the deadline to enroll. You can't get your five-star quarterback in. Um, It looks like – it looks like it's not until the end of January for for UCLA. So maybe they're on a little bit of a different schedule. I don't it, it it's irrelevant, but the point is something has to happen here soon. And I I understand that there is a report out there that he had informed OU coaches. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. But again, I don't think anyone just makes something up. So Whatever it might be, Oklahoma is acting as a team that is preparing to rebuild the depth in its quarterback room with the Jackson Dart rumors that he's going to be on campus. Uh, Chubba Purdy's wait, Chuba, Chubba, Chubba, Chubba Purdy's parents tweeted the picture in the airport airplane that they were in town. Which, by the way, whenever the mom's name is on the tweet and she talks about taking her son to visit Norman, I don't know if the retweet needs to include that. This is Chubba Purdy, and he's coming to Oklahoma for a visit. It's just, yeah, I could read the tweet before. Thank you. But got to show you're in the loop, I guess. There we are. And that's the update, right? So we sit here and we wait until we see anything confirmed. Lincoln Riley threw out, I guess, the little deuces is going to be his thing at USC. He threw that out on Twitter the other day. In fact, it was yesterday. 
So a lot of people thought that that might be Mario or Caleb. But as we sit here on this Wednesday, nothing official. I still wonder if this was Caleb's decision and Caleb decision, Caleb's decision only if this wouldn't already be done and he's back in the crimson and cream. And that's one thing that just, in all honesty, is kind of frustrating yeah. about this whole thing. And you're probably never going to get an answer to that. I, I think that it's easy to take a guess at mm-hmm. what that answer is, but I don't know that we'll ever get an honest response about that. He's a sharp kid, man. I, I hope I hope he ends up playing at OU in the Big 12 next year, but if he doesn't, I mean, I'm, I'm getting – I wish we could have had more of an opportunity to talk to him because the one chance that we got, dude, was pretty awesome. Just remember that Tahlequah Sooner tweeted me earlier this week that if you root for Caleb Williams' success at USC, you are, in fact, a traitor, too. <laughs> so proceed with caution. It was, I, I love the line Toby told whenever Kevin Durant left for Golden State and – Chloe said, oh, well, now we have two teams to root for. We can root for Oklahoma City and Golden State. Some people that might have liked Cable like, oh, we can root for OU and USC. No! How no! dare you? All right, quick break. It's 937. Hey, let's, let's get a little post-game from last night. Top five stories today coming up on a Wednesday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, a couple of uh, quick tweets. Uh, Dallas Bill back today. Look at at the Dallas Bill hitting us up on Twitter. Good morning, DB. There is nobody. And Dallas Bill means nobody ever. It still means nobody. That can meet the caliber of the duo of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, they were great. We, um, My kids went through a wrestling phase. Now I got I I will admit I've been very disconnected from wrestling but I found out courtesy of my brother-in-law that there's a chance we could end up at WrestleMania so I've got to start plugging back in to figure out who's what and where. And oh I would not miss anything because softball isn't playing on that Sunday. Oh, let's go. Um but growing up my my, my kids got into wrestling so it was when Netflix still had all the WWF, WWE things. And they had all these top 10 moments on there, right? And it was the top 10 greatest crowd pops. And you can see, you find them all on YouTube, I think, now. Uh, or maybe the WWE Network's got them all on Peacock. I, I don't know. But we were, I was shown with my son and my daughter, my, my oldest daughter, the top 10 like scariest moments in WWF history. And there's a great moment where... Randy Macho Man Savage is tied in the ropes, Josh, on Saturday night's main event. And it's like his arms got caught in the rope, and evil Jake the Snake has a cobra in the ring. And he takes that cobra, and it bites Jake the Snake's arm. Now, if you really look closely, you can see that the cobra is defanged. So I don't know how that felt, to be honest. But it still would be scary as heck to me. It's like it's, I'd, be fr- I'd probably pass out from fear. <laughs> But it, <laughs> I think my 13-year is still scarred to this day from it. I'm like, look, look at it, man. Look at Jake the Snake, how evil he is. And I realized at that moment it was, oh, gosh, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this one. Might have pushed the envelope Might've, here. But I think it was like Vince McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain. They're just selling. It's like, oh, my God, somebody get in there. Somebody save Macho Man. It's this cobra biting him. But you're right, Dallasville. 
And he adds, uh, I hear Time Warner is interested in ESPN. They did wonders for WCW. <laughs> you know, the, if you ever want to... If you ever want to try to figure out what's gone on with with viewing habits and TV ratings, just look at network non-sports TV ratings today compared to what they were like 20 years ago. And I know 20 years ago is a lifetime, but it's still kind of wild to think that this number that pops into me earlier today, the episode, this season two of The Simpsons, right? Season two of The Simpsons, 30 million watching their season premiere. Now they get a little bit over a million viewers per Sunday. Is The Simpsons any worse? No, it's a great show. Wrestling, I mean, they were splitting like 20 million viewers on a Monday night. Now, between AEW and WWE, they're getting like maybe, what, three between the two? I, I don't know. So it's just, it's a different world now. I, I honestly... I was thinking about this, too, and we've talked about this a lot, and this all ties back into the conversation, not about wrestling, but about the 14 playoff and the expansion in the future, and if you want to take it out to market. But, Josh, think about this. You know, I'm watching the Ravens and the Steelers on on Sunday, right? I'm typically a red zone guy and or, or the Raiders game. And even during commercials on the Raiders game, I can flip over to red zone and I rarely watch commercials, I think is, is the way to put it. I'm watching this Raven-Steelers game, and they're promoting all these TV shows. I haven't heard of any of them. Not a single one of them. I have no idea who these actors even are. That they're, It was like a Hallmark movie to me. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't have a TV show on ABC, CBS, Fox, or NBC that I watch. Not a one. I, I DVR Family Guy, and what's the other one? That's it. That's it on Fox. Do you have any shows that you watch? Cable shows? No, no, no. ABC, CBS, NBC, or Fox? Yeah, the big networks. No, I don't think so. I might watch a Dateline every now and then. But even with Dateline, now you kind of look at it like, oh, and I know that story. I have I, I listened to the podcast about it. Bob's Burgers <laughs> is a Fox show, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. The, the animation domination, I'm, I'm, I might watch, but I'm, I'm like a 15 year old trapped in a 40 year old's body. I don't tune in to watch new episodes of Bob's Burgers. I'm going to stream them yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just talking about a world where what is even, what is even success? And if you're going to compare it, everything. So, the headline is 20 million. What a disappointing low number for the national championship game. Now, last time you watched a college football game on a Monday night. You know, it's dumb. It is so dumb that we put the national championship game on a Monday night. Well, it's unique. You made it special. Quit trying to reinvent the wheel. What are the top-rated games in the NFL so far this season? Oh, that Raiders-Cowboys game? Yeah. Thanksgiving Day, Raiders-Cowboys. The, the Saturday night games were pretty huge for a regular season game. We were Chiefs and the, and the Broncos. I don't have the Paulson numbers right in front of me, but they're they're pretty massive numbers, right? Bigger than twenty million, right around there. Yeah, I mean the, the regular season game on Saturday night had nineteen point eight, and it was just on what ESPN. So, or did they simulcast that on Saturday night? Was it ESPN and ABC? I can't remember. I was just watching it at at O'Connell's, but 
Kansas City was definitely on ABC. Okay, well, then they simulcast it. So I guess you get that little extra bump. But it takes your national championship game to even kind of sniff an NFL regular season number. It just it, It's the reality of the domination of the NFL right now. No one's going to come close to it. It's it's a unicorn right now. And the national championship game was the highest-rated college football game this season, was it not? Yes, by, I think, a rather wide margin. Well, I mean, that's that's what you're going for. You think? I mean, of course you you want that number to be $50 million, Right. But I don't know that that's ever going to be the case. It's not reality. You're right. You want that number to be an NFL number, but it's just not going to be. And think about this, they keep adding. An NFL playoff number. Oh, sure. I think I'd want to take an NFL regular season number. <laughs> and sometimes with this, I'll take that Sunday night football number if I possibly can have it too. All right. Um, gosh, it's 9.50 already? Keep the text and tweets coming in. At Josh on ref. At Plank Show. And, of course, the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Three four three nine. I have adopted the theory that I don't care about numbers because if I'm watching it, I don't care if you're not. I think you're missing out. Um, but I think they've become more important in it in, in the rights and the riches part of it, much more important. Because NASCAR is going to take a haircut because nobody outside of me is watching NASCAR anymore. All right, quick break. It's Plank Show right here on the Ref. All right, so we're just crunching some numbers during the break and. The national title numbers across ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPNU, 22.6 million viewers. Now, you can look at it one of two ways. It's an incredible increase over last year's 18.7 million viewers. But it's also down from 2019 and is a record low of a, a, since, uh, since Bama, Ohio State in 2021. So, wait, hold on. I said that wrong. It was the lowest, second lowest championship game since 2015. Last year's was a record low of 18.7. So, 22.6 million. I tended to look at the positives, Josh Helmer. I say they were able to take a non traditional night for college football and get 20 plus million viewers. I think that's awesome. And you can question it. You can wonder why they do it on a Monday night. Maybe that's part of the reason why. It's perfect in the schedule, too. You're not competing with the NFL. If you did play it on Saturday, then you would worry about Cowboys, nine, um, Cowboys Niners. I'm looking ahead to the Cowboys playoffs. Eagles. Thank you. Chiefs, Chiefs Broncos. Broncos. But, all right, so we found – just think about this from a regular season perspective. What do we dig and find in the area of the highest-rated regular season game? The two highest regular season college football games both came on the – Final week of the season, Ohio State, Michigan drew a monster rating for college football of 15.89 million viewers. And Alabama, Auburn was really, really good with 10.36 million viewers. Great numbers. The NFL window in the afternoon, which most of the country got Cowboys, Cardinals, averaged 26.7 million viewers. Right, and that's a regular season game. (laughs) Right. The um, the Fox game, which its major game for Fox. Wait, hold on. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Fox, twenty six point seven mil. 
the ratings were up big from last year. The um, early game was 14.82. So, again, there's some competition in the biggest games, right? Ohio State Michigan. But still, the first half of a doubleheader that featured Ravens-Rams was still drawing 14.8 million viewers. I think the logical step to take here is, okay, what what did – regular season games in the NFL look like last year. Right. Ta- excluding the Super Bowl. Sure. Take that out because I, I don't think you can look at that. It's too unique of a game. What was the jump from regular season highest rated to best playoff game before the Super Bowl? It's a great question. I'll work on that tonight because I have, I have to write tonight and I'll procrastinate. So in my procrastination, I'll look at that. It's a plank show. 